You'll notice I, I have my suitcase up here again this week and uh, simply have been using it to illustrate the fact that all of us carry some baggage. We carry some baggage in our hearts and uh, we, we carry it with us everywhere we go. Uh, we carry it with us to work every day. Uh, we bring it to church and it, it uh, usually comes between us and every person that we encounter, it also comes between us and God. And that's the thing that's so bad about the baggage that we carry in this suitcase, the suitcase of our hearts. We've been dealing with the story, following the story of 12 brothers. Uh, their story is told in the Old Testament, beginning about the 37th chapter uh, of the book of Genesis. And the resentment that existed between them, specifically their resentment was focused on one brother, the brother Joseph, uh, the younger brother. And so uh, resentment boils in the heart. And uh, like steam, when water boils, you know, steam has to be vented. And so resentment has to have an outlet. And Joseph became the, the outlet of, of their resentment. And then, uh, you know the story, they, uh, they put him in a pit. Uh, they sold him in a, into slavery. And then they went home and told their father, their old father, that this son that he loved was dead. And so for the next 23 years, they had to live with that lie. They, had, they continued to live with their resentment. It impacted their lives and, and their families. Uh, resentment hinders and it hurts. And what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at a slice out of the life of these brothers most of the story, as you know, concerns the story of Joseph, and we know the story of Joseph very well. But this morning, we're going to look at one of the other brothers. His name was Judah, and Judah is just a representative in this family of how resentment impacted the life of every person in the family. We could do a study on Jacob and how it impacted his life, or we could do a study on any of the rest, but we're, we're thinking this morning about Judah because his story is told in the scripture. And as we think about the resentment that we have in our hearts, we've also pondered the fact that some of the resentment that these brothers had in their heart toward Joseph was resentment that they actually carried to toward their father. They had resentment toward their father that caused them to act that way toward their brother. And so I've raised at least the possibility that some of us have, may have some resentment in our hearts toward God. We resent him for something that he gave us that we didn't want. Or perhaps we resent him because of something he took away from us that we didn't want him to take away. And that resentment that we, that we carry in our heart toward God is reflected in every other relationship that we have. So all of us have something in this suitcase, the suitcase of our heart. And in James chapter 3, verse 16, we looked last week where the Bible said where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, also exists disorder and every evil thing. It's so in the church. It was so in this family. And so this morning we're going to look at uh, the title of the message today is Scarlet Sins and scarlet threads. I can almost guarantee you've never heard a sermon on this passage of scripture that we're going to look at today. 
And uh, you might uh, not want to hear this one uh, when we get into it. But make no mistake about it, the sin of resentment is a scarlet sin. That's the first point I want to make to you this morning. The sin of resentment is a scarlet sin. It is as evil in the sight of God. Resentment is as evil in the sight of God as murder or adultery. If you allow the seed of resentment to be planted in your heart, there will be a breach, there will be a division. If it exists between friends, it will divide the friendship. If it exists in a marriage, it will divide the relationship. If it exists in a family, it will, as we've seen in the story of Joseph, it will divide brother against brother or sister against sister. You know people, and so do I, who have carried resentment to their graves. But you need to know that, as we've already said, the most dangerous breach that resentment causes is the one between you and God. So chapter 38 is going to show us a slice of what was going on in the rest of the family by allowing us to look at the life of Judah. Now, I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. And the reason I read it from the New Living Translation is because it paints the picture perfectly clear, maybe a little clearer than you'll want to hear it. Genesis 38, verses 1 through 5. About this time, about this time, you realize they had put... Judah, uh, Joseph in a pit, sold him into slavery. The verse above this says, meanwhile, meanwhile, this is what's happening to Joseph. Meanwhile, this is what's happening to Judah. Uh, Judah left home, moved to Adullam, where he stayed with a man named Hira. There he saw a Canaanite woman, the daughter of Shua, and he married her. When he slept with her, she became pregnant and gave birth to a son, and he named the boy Ur. Then she became pregnant again and gave birth to another son, and he named him Onan. And when she gave birth to a third son, she named him Shelah. At the time of Shelah's birth, they were living at Kizib. Now, there's no mention of resentment in this story, but it hangs over one's life, impacting uh, both decisions and destiny. And here, in this story, it put Judah on a downward road. The scripture says... He left home, he departed from home, and the, the Hebrew word means literally to go down. It was a descent from brotherhood. He separated from his brothers into a time of separation. Can you just imagine Judah here, uh, maybe feeling some responsibility for what had happened. Uh, Judah has to look at his father every day. They're living with a lie. They, they know it between themselves, but they can't say it out loud. They can't tell it to their father. And so it's better for him just to get out and to leave home. And so uh, it's just another picture of what resentment does in a family. It, it resulted in the loss of one brother and the rupture of fellowship between the rest. And so rather than associating with his own brothers, the Bible tells us that Judah found a friend among the Canaanites. Resentment separated that family. He, he chose a Canaanite wife and he chose to raise his sons in a Canaanite culture and these were scarlet sins in the sight of God, growing out of the scarlet sin of resentment. Here's the second thing. When there is a breach between brothers, the ripple effects are devastating. They are devastating. So instead of being raised in the unified bond of brotherhood, 
where the children would have been raised, his sons would have been raised in a, in a godly environment, in a, at least in a family that knew something about God. His sons were raised in the scarlet atmosphere of Canaanite religion. And so did it have a negative impact upon them? All we have to do is read the next verses of Scripture, verses 6 and 7 of Genesis 38. In the course of time, Judah arranged for his firstborn son, Ur, to marry a young woman named Tamar. But Ur was a wicked man in the Lord's sight. And so the Lord took his life. That's exactly what it says. That's all we know. We don't know what wickedness infected his life, but it was scarlet sin. And it was sin so great that the Lord ended his life. Scarlet sin infected this home because of resentment in the heart of brothers. It all goes back to what was going on in that home, Jacob's home, where brothers resented another brother where brothers put a brother in a pit and sold him into slavery. And so instead of living with that, he went to live with the Canaanites. And this is what unfolded. Now in that day, it was the custom for the brother of the, of the deceased to marry his widow. In other words, Ur was, uh, Ur's brother was supposed to marry his wife, Tamar, if she had no child. But remember, the Bible says that where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, so do disorder and every evil thing. And it was... So in Judah's family, look at verses 8 through 10. Then Judah said to Ur's brother Onan, Go and marry Tamar as our law, the law of God requires, of the brother of a man who's died. You must produce an heir for your brother. But Onan was not willing to have a child who would not be his own heir. So whenever he had intercourse with his brother's wife, he spilled the semen on the ground. This prevented her from having a child who would belong to his brother. But the Lord considered it evil for Onan to deny a child to his dead brother. So the Lord took Onan's life too. I'm just wanting to show you as we read through the scripture that jealousy, and this was jealousy in this family as well, it breeds the scarlet sin of resentment and resentment taints every life it touches. If you have resentment in your heart, if you're carrying that in the baggage of your heart, it is going to infect and infest your family. That's the next point. If you nourish resentment in your heart, it will infect your home. It's obvious that there was jealousy and resentment between Judah's own sons. Onan would have no part of redeeming his brother's name, and what he did was a scarlet sin in the eyes of God, a scarlet sin born out of resentment among brothers. Now remember, the big picture here is that God had a plan for these brothers. What God was going to do is God was going to bring a redeemer, a savior, a messiah. He was going to make these brothers a nation. And he was going to, he was going to raise up this, the messiah to crush the head of the serpent and be the savior of the world. But God couldn't use them, torn apart as they were by the scarlet sin of resentment. Resentment, as we said last week. This is the next point. We pick it up from last week. It puts the purpose of God in jeopardy. It puts at risk what God wants to accomplish in, his, in the world. It puts at risk what God wants to accomplish in your family. It puts at risk what God wants to accomplish in, in the church. So their very actions, beginning from the moment they acted on their resentment toward Joseph, jeopardized the purpose of God to redeem the world. Now, now that Judah lost two sons of his own, you would think that God would have his attention uh, what he should have done was he, he should have moved back to the altar uh, where his father was at Bethel. He should have worshipped God there, but he didn't. He continued to live among the Canaanites and, 
and, and, and his resentment that he had against his brother Joseph now infected his family there among the Canaanites. Chapter 38, verse 11. Then Judah said to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, go back to your parents' home and remain a widow until my son Shelah is old enough to marry you. This is the third son. The third son uh, by custom was to marry Tamar and raise up a son to his older brother Ur. But Judah didn't really intend to do this because he was afraid Shelah would also die like his two brothers. So Tamar went back to live in her father's home. So he made this promise to Tamar, but he didn't keep it because he thought there was some kind of curse on her. And his broken vow to Tamar was just a, another scarlet sin sprouting from the scarlet sin of resentment. If you allow resentment a place in your heart, just allow it to nest in your heart, then you will allow other scarlet sins to nest there as well. And, and that, will, that will appear quickly here in this story. The sad, sordid tale continues. The Bible tells us that Judah's wife's health suffered. Maybe she was sickly. Maybe it was the grief of losing two sons. Or maybe she was just beating that, beaten down <clears throat> by living with the bitterness of resentment that flavored her home. Verse 12. Some years later, Judah's wife died. After the time of mourning was over, Judah and his friend Hira, the Adulamite, went up to Timnah to supervise the shearing of his sheep. Now this is just a, he's, a, he's, he's, he's out budding up with his Canaanite friend again. And this is a picture that's often seen in our world today. If a man uh, leaves the church because of resentment, leaves his godly family because of resentment, goes out and finds him an ungodly friend and he hangs out with his ungodly friends, a lot of bad things happen and something bad happens in this story. Uh, and so the next point I want to make to you is that resentment is a sin that must be medicated. We medicate all of our sins. Did you know that? We medicate our guilt. Often we medicate our guilt, but we do so by not by turning to God, but by turning back to sin so that sin will make us feel better for a season and that will cause us to feel guilty again, and then we have to medicate all over again. And instead of turning to God, we turn to sin, and we medicate sin with sin, and we feel guilty all over again, and we have to turn to sin to medicate sin again, and it's over and over and over. When you turn to God, it's over for good. But when you turn to sin over and over again, you have to continually medicate. Resentment is a sin that must be medicated. It, it needs a salve or an ointment to to help you escape it. And so what salve or ointment did, did Judah find? Well, chapter 38, verse 13. Someone told Tamar, look, your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear his sheep. Tamar was aware that Shelah had grown up, but no arrangements had been made for her to come and marry him. So she changed out of her widow's clothing and covered herself with a veil to disguise herself. And then she sat beside the road at the entrance to the village of Enaim, which is on the road to Timnah, Judah noticed her and thought she was a prostitute since she had covered her face. So he stopped and propositioned her. Let me have sex with you, he said, not realizing that she was his own daughter-in-law. How much will you pay me to have sex with me, Tamar asked. I'll send you a young goat from my flock, Judah promised. But what will you give me to guarantee that you will send the goat, she asked. What kind of guarantee do you want, he replied. She answered, Leave me your identification seal and its cord and the walking stick you're carrying. So Judah gave them to her 
then he had intercourse with her and she became pregnant. After she went back home, she took off her veil and put on her widow's clothing as usual. What took place beside the roadside? Scarlet sin. The scarlet sin of resentment infected a man's heart. It tainted his marriage. It infested the lives of his children and his reputation in the community. He crawled in bed so many nights with the sin of resentment in his heart that now his heart and his life became a nest for scarlet sins. And here's the next point. If you can go to bed with resentment, you will crawl in bed with any other scarlet sin. Now, scarlet sin, as you know, prefers to remain anonymous. You remember Nathaniel Hawthorne's story, The Scarlet Letter, where the woman had to wear the A on her clothes all the time to, to identify the fact that she was an adulteress, a sinner. Well, you know, we would prefer not to do that. We would prefer to have everything secret and scarlet sin like secrecy. But look at chapter 38, verse 20. Later, Judah asked his friend Hira the Adulamite to take the young goat to the woman and to pick the things up he had given her as his guarantee. But Hira couldn't find her. So he asked the men who lived there, where can I find the shrine prostitute who was sitting beside the road at the entrance to Enaim? We never had a shrine prostitute here, they replied. So Hira returned to Judah and told him, I, I couldn't find her anywhere, and the men of the village claimed they've never had a shrine prostitute there. Then Judah said, let her keep the things I gave her. I sent the young goat as we agreed, but you couldn't find her. We'd be the laughing stock of the village if we went back again to look far. And so I want you to see that resentment, like adultery, likes to hide behind the cloak of respectability. Judah wanted to keep his sin a well-kept secret so that he could protect his reputation. Be sure, your scarlet sin will find you out. And Judah's scarlet sin discovered him. We're just looking at the story in Scripture. Chapter 38, verse 24. About three months later, Judah was told, Tamar, your daughter-in-law, has acted like a prostitute. And now because of this, she's pregnant. Bring her out and let her be burned, Judah demanded. He said, this woman's got scarlet sin in her life. You know what? One of the things that happens is uh, when we have scarlet sin in our lives, we can pretty well pick it out in somebody else's life. But we can't see it in our own life. We don't want to identify it in our own life, and we certainly don't want to confess it. So it's now clear that Tamar herself had committed the scarlet sin of adultery, and Judah, content to hide behind the cloak of respectability, I'm, I'm a respectable citizen in this community. Certainly, I have never done anything wrong, so let's burn her. Well, it turns out, look at verse 25. As they were taking her out to kill her, she sent this message to her father-in-law. The man who owns these things made me pregnant. So she pulled out his driver's license, basically. It was his identification seal and his cord and his staff. And he said, she is more righteous than I am because I didn't arrange for her to marry my son, Shelah. Judah never slept with Tamar again. What happened? What did Judah admit about himself? He admitted that he was the one with scarlet sin. He blamed his son's death on Tamar. He blamed adultery on Tamar. But all of this was the result of his own string of scarlet sins sprouting from the scarlet sin of resentment. He had resentment in his heart that it infected the home there 
among his brothers. He separated from his brothers. He went to live with the Canaanites. He worshipped Canaanite gods. He raised his sons in a Canaanite culture. And there's one more scarlet sin in this story. It's the mistake of human effort attempting to bring about a solution to one's own scarlet sin. Now, the story goes on. Judah's sons left him with no children and therefore no hope. But now, he would have a couple of sons by his daughter, daughter-in-law, Tamar. And, and so, the story is told about the birth of these, these boys. There are two of them. They were twins. And, and so, uh, if Judah was correct, this, this child, he didn't know it was going to be twins. They didn't have ultrasounds at that time. And so, if, if Judah was correct, maybe he's thinking, you know, God has promised that he's going to have, a Redeemer is going to come into the world one day. And, and so maybe this son of mine is going to be the Redeemer. Maybe this firstborn son is going to be the one who will make everything right and solve all these problems and, and bring a little hope to our world because I certainly have hopelessness in my life. Verse 27, when the time came for Tamar to give birth, it was discovered that she was carrying twins while she was in labor. One of the babies reached out his hand. This is the firstborn the midwife grabbed it, tied a scarlet string around the child's wrist, announcing, this one came out first. But then the little fellow pulled his hand back, and out came his brother. What? The midwife exclaimed, how did you break out first? So he was named Perez. When the baby with the scarlet string on his wrist was born, he was named Zerah. Zerah, the one with the scarlet string on his wrist, was named Dawning or Brightness. He was the one they tied the scarlet string around his wrist. Get the picture? He's got the scarlet string. He's the redeemer. He's the one. Got the scarlet string on his wrist. No. The firstborn was actually the other one who came out first. And they named him Perez, which means breach. You know where the breach started? The breach started with the resentment in the heart of brothers. And the breach had broken every relationship. The relationship between them, their relationship with the Father, their relationship with God, the relationships in his own family. And Judah said, tie a scarlet string around one of them so he'll be the one. But he tied the scarlet string around the wrong one. And often, we tie a scarlet string around some method of our own making. In other words, we try to solve the problem ourselves. Isn't it so? Isn't it true? Haven't you done it yourself? You tried to solve the problem. The relationship was broken. Things were all messed up. And so you got in the middle of it and you tried to fix it. Well, did it work? Probably not. And this is what we need to understand. The story of Joseph and the resentment that existed in this family is the story of God's plan to redeem resentment in the heart of brothers his plan and his plan alone would restore that relationship with the father the great mistake you and i make is when we tie a scarlet thread around a method of our own making god has a plan to help you deal with whatever scarlet sin that defiles your life that's the good news in scripture there is a scarlet thread that runs from your heart to the cross would you follow that scarlet thread to this altar this morning? Would you kneel here asking God to forgive you, helping 
you to unpack the suitcase of your heart. The last point here. If you have a broken relationship with a brother or a sister, follow God's scarlet thread. You will find God's scarlet thread still leads to the foot of the cross because the cross remains the only place to unpack the baggage of resentment. You know what we usually do? is we air our dirty laundry before the world. If there's something going on in your family or going on between you and someone else, we pull out that dirty rag of resentment and we wave it before the world. We say, I want you to look at this. Look at what happened. Look at what my husband did. Look at what my wife did. Look at what my brother did. Look at what my sister did. We seek sympathy from the world. And when we do, all we do is spread our resentment. However... When we lay those rags at the foot of the cross, the Lord Jesus who died for the scarlet sin of resentment and every other scarlet sin that goes with it will take away your resentment and will heal the hurt that is the root of your resentment. You don't have a method to fix what's broken in your life. The only one that does is the Lord Jesus Christ. The scarlet thread that solves the problem of resentment leads to the foot of the cross. The reason I tell you that part is because Perez is the one who winds up in the lineage of Jesus, not Zara, dawning or brightness, but the one who they named breach or broken. Our brokenness is solved by God's own plan at the foot of the cross. Would you pray with me?